Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. Well, Brad, good to be back with you. We had a little uh, Rhythm is Gonna Get You by the Miami Sound Machine to get us all ready for summer, which hopefully will come at some point. Eventually. We did have the, the problem with the... Uh the groundhog or hedgehog or whatever it is, seeing its shadow. Uh, but eventually, summer, like the rhythm, will get you, my friend. But uh, it seems like you had a rather eventful week. Who would have guessed that uh, I would have lost uh, some pipes in Dallas and had my water turned off at the beginning of the week, and by the end of the week, you would be peeing off a deck? <laughs> that's, a, that's a true statement. Both of those things happened. Uh, we did come home from our little gallivant south into some warmer weather and uh, yeah, waltz into the old house and come to discover while everything appears to be functional, no water. And it uh, turns out the computer that runs your well pump, who knows why there even is a computer that runs something as simple as a well pump. But of course, I'm sure it's there to help make the whole system more reliable. But of course, it, it, it crapped the sheets. And so there's only one well guy in this whole county. He was able to get to us yesterday, figured out that was the problem, had to order a new computer, installed it today. And now uh, I'm done peeing off the deck and we're, we're back in business, my friend. And I can control my well pump from my phone now because like every other device on earth, this thing has a, a Wi-Fi radio in it. Why anyone would touch the settings of their well computer who wasn't a professional well guy. I have no idea, but if I ever need to, I can just whip out the old phone and tune her up. Now, here's a question for you. Can you control the heat coursing uh, through the pipes below your driveway? Can you do that? From my phone? Yeah. No, I have to go into the mechanical room for that. Oh, well, I mean, either way though, I mean, you do have a heated driveway. Yeah, well, I have a 16 degree driveway in Colorado. So absent heating that driveway, you effectively have a bobsled run for nine months of the year. So, yeah. You know who else had a heated driveway? John Elway. And he had, he won two more Super Bowls than you, as far as I know, as far as I know. Yeah, no, I, I do not. I can confirm that I have no Super Bowl victories under my belt. Well, uh, this is exciting. Let's dive right in. We've got uh, great things going on in the news this week. Exciting things. Uh, your favorite governor and mine, Governor Cuomo in New York, seems to be in trouble <laughs> again. Uh, I think girl number three woman 
woman, number three, came forward uh, with uh, more sexual harassment claims. Um, and it's interesting that there's a feeding frenzy about him telling uh, a woman to eat a sausage uh, at a uh, sausage uh, event, right, where they're selling yeah. sausage. And there's no one that's interested in the fact that he killed 6,000 seniors by well, sending uh, COVID-positive patients into nursing homes. Thank you, buddy. I mean, uh, listen, the sexual harassment thing is awful, right? And he should his bell should be wrong. I don't know what's wrong with these guys. I think it's the power just goes to their head. But, I mean, the thought that, you know, setting aside the other two, the thought that you would think it would be okay for some, you know, younger woman that you are not in a relationship with, for you to just look at her and say, yeah, it would be hot or whatever if you were to eat that whole sausage. I mean, what the hell? No one does that, right? I mean, just no one does that, I guess, unless you're, you're Andrew Cuomo. But yeah, I mean, what, what, what are we doing where all of the news, the negative news surrounding him is around these sexual harassment allegations, which if they are true, you know, he should get his bell rung for, while we're apparently completely ignoring the fact that he condemned thousands of people to death by putting, taking, you know, what, he won't open schools where literally no one's at risk, but he will send COVID positive patients to nursing homes where everyone's at risk. The only thing I can think is that it's because other governors did the same thing, all of whom are Democrats. And if he were to get his bell rung for that, then you'd have to go after, you know, Whitmer in Michigan and Newsom in California, and I can't remember the name of the douchebag in New Jersey or the douchebag in Pennsylvania who both did the same thing. Murphy and Wolf. That's my working theory, is that if you go after Cuomo for that, then you have to go after everybody who did that, and that's five Democratic governors, and that you know, just the media is just not doing it. Well, in Cuomo's defense, Brad, he, um, he, he did kill more seniors than anyone else. He personally signed the order that directed them back to the nursing homes and then he covered it up. So it, it could also be that they're, um, you know, they're, they're seeing some of the blood in the water from the, uh, the COVID nursing home scandal. They see the FBI now investigating. They see the state attorney general who's a Democrat calling for an investigation and starting one. And they're thinking this may be the easiest way out uh, with with him, but it's a, it's a pretty big scandal, and and now you throw on top of that all this harassment talk. Now I know we've been talking about Ted Cruz's two day trip to Cancun for the past <laughs> week and a half, yeah. But this seems to be somewhat um, uh, somewhat more critical. Well, I mean, look, there's Jack as you and I. I, I hope that we can fairly say we're, we we will target jackassery wherever we find it, right side, left side, upside, downside, doesn't matter. We're calling them, calling the balls and strikes as we see them. And Cruz, you know, God bless him, is an idiot. I don't care if he had that vacation booked for 10 years. He's an idiot for leaving his state in a block of ice and going to Cancun. You, you If you are a politician, a professional politician, you cannot do that. Right. You cannot do that. But, yeah, I, I would I would agree that on the hierarchy of malfeasance, Cruz is in the jackass range while Cuomo is in the murderer range. Uh, mm-hmm. Next covid corner. Vaccines are ramping up. A study out of John Hopkins this week said herd immunity by April. So that's obviously exciting. And states are starting to uh recognize these trends, right? Uh, cases are going down, 
deaths are going down, all good trends, right? And more and more people are getting vaccinated. Vaccines are becoming more readily available. States like Florida have opened up. States like Texas have eliminated their mask um, mandates. Uh, so it's it, it seems like the country is moving forward. What do you think? Well, I certainly hope so. I, I thought I did read that uh, Texas had reduced their mask mandate. So I guess if you're going to fly into or out of Texas, you don't have to wear a mask until you get on the plane. But the federal mandate would require that you wear the mask on the plane and in any other federal facility in Texas, which is just ridiculous. But it is what it is. I, I, as with everyone else on the planet, will be glad when we're done with this, when we can come to grips with reality and move forward. It does seem pretty remarkable uh, how effective these vaccines seem to be. And even more remarkable is the fact that these were developed in a matter of months, not a matter oh, of yeah, years. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. And it seems like the government did, did for all the the talk about not doing anything to combat COVID, you know, i.e. Trump. It, it seems like this Operation Warp Speed about getting the vaccine, um, getting the vaccines developed, having government partner with the private companies resulted in a number of different vaccines that are now saving the lives of senior citizens. So I think it's important to note that that that, that Operation Warp Speed seems to have been an incredible success. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I, you know, I guess we'll find out one day, you know, history will out and we'll find out one day, you know, who exactly was responsible for what. But I do believe that the the government working with the private sector, recognizing where the expertise lay, recognizing that building those bridges early and and cutting the experts loose as opposed to you know weighing them down with just completely unnecessary regulation or oversight but just saying simply hey this is your guys's gig go do it is has has certainly proven and to have been a wise choice and man i'm just telling me that I, I i know a little bit about that based on my background and i can tell you that churning out a virus from you know, zero to the thing being approved in nine months is unbelievable. And that, you know, if there will be one good outcome from COVID, it will be that the fact that, you know, you could now crank out a vaccine in that kind of time should give everybody a little bit of comfort in terms of, you know, any other future viruses that may find their way out into the populace that at least we have the ability. And you know, like with everything else that, that, that as, the pharma companies become more and more comfortable with the technology and how to make it work that that nine months is going to go to six and maybe go to three and, you know, won't be long before that's just not a big deal. Pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, and, uh, pretty impressive, uh, the way that America, America has been able to innovate in the, uh, in the vaccine space. Pretty incredible. Indeed. So next Brad is the bronze Stevie award-winning segment barred or banned. Ah, Everyone here is excited. The studio audience is thrilled. The water feature is starting to spout up a little higher. Yeah, now that you don't have to worry about COVID riding around on it, we can crank it right up. Yeah, just crank that thing right up, get rid of the mask, uh, and and just fire away. So I'm going to read you something, Brad, and you tell me whether it should be barred or banned. I will not eat them in a house. I will not eat them with a mouse. I will not eat them in a box. I will not eat them with a fox. I will not eat them here 
or there. I will not eat them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam. I am. So barter band, Brad, what should we do? Well, you know, I think you got to think about that, buddy, because obviously it's exclusionary and a little bit elitist, right? I mean, first of all, you're putting a fox, uh, which is another mammal, you know, and we can't just treat one mammal differently from other mammals, right? And so you're being somewhat exclusionary with the fox. And, you know, obviously we're, we're being a little bit, uh, you know, biased against green eggs and ham. What we need to focus on is whether or not someone who is writing essentially gibberish so that it will rhyme while oftentimes having the genius to impute sort of a, a moral overtone that teaches a valuable lesson to children into those, that rhyming gibberish while creating characters that are largely completely made up in blue and green and other colors, you gotta be careful with guys like that because if you look hard enough and if you look long enough and if you are simply focused on making everything hard, you will find a way to do that. And I think one way is by you know, focusing on the fact that we're being exclusionary with respect to the color of the eggs and ham as well as to the particular mammal. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And I mean, it's almost like, you know, Mein Kampf. I mean, I could see the nation falling apart over this. I mean, I'm surprised the country hasn't fallen apart already. I mean, it's been decades that we've just been willy nilly reading Dr. Zeus to each other. And, I, you know, I, I'm astounded that it hasn't gotten to this to this point before now. But, you know, you got to tip your cap, buddy, to the folks who are are looking out for all of us by making sure our children don't read about a cat wearing a hat. Well, it's like the murderer's row of inappropriate uh, literature. Cat in the Hat, The Lorax, Green Eggs and Ham, Horton, Here's a Who, uh, Hop on Pop, There's a Wocket in My Pocket, and The Cat in the Hat came back. I mean, these have to go. Um, Next, Brad, RIP Corner, The Great Late Vernon Jordan. Yeah, too bad. I mean, it is, again, remarkable as we have taken note in other categories, you know, baseball players, et cetera. I mean, the the giants of the civil rights movement are uh, unfortunately dropping like flies. But you know what? It's okay because we've got, you know, giants, other giants to stand on their shoulders. We got Joe Biden, we got Kamala Harris, we got AOC. We got, you know, the whole squad, quite frankly. I mean, I, nobody be concerned about the loss of some of these, you know, founding characters of the civil rights movement, because the folks we have on tap for you are at least as good, if not, you know, better. I mean, look at what Joe Biden's doing. He's all over this Dr. Zeus thing. He's not letting that slide by. And, uh, you know, he's got us all wearing masks. I mean, I think we're sad. We've got Dr. Jill Biden, of course, who's a doctor. Brad, a doctor. And so I think at the end of the day, we're going to be we're going to be OK. But Vernon Jordan, great advisor to Bill Clinton, uh, actually you know, pioneer in the civil rights movement, grew up in a in a project in Atlanta and rose to being an advisor to presidents and by all accounts, a really good, uh, a really good, uh, good person. Yep. Yeah, you don't, you don't see much bad press about Vernon Jordan. Uh, but that's okay. Like I said, I mean, AOC will, will slot right in there and uh, you'll hardly miss a beat. 
Uh, anyway, Brad, next presidential poll position where we're going to the uh, final uh, first round matchup. Well, in any event, we'll dive right in today's uh, today's race matchup, if you will. Uh, tete a tete, mano a mano, horse a horse uh, is between uh, John F. Kennedy's horse and Thomas mm-hmm. Jefferson's. Uh, so JFK's horse, macaroni. Not really a horse. Well, a beautiful 10-year-old Shetland gelding. So a Shetland pony. And on the other side, you've got Thomas Jefferson's great horse, Caracatus. 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 Yeah, see, that's a... Uh, right off the bat, you got two strikes against old Macaroni. Well, three, really. I mean, you, you got the name. Well, he's out. I mean, Caracatus he's out. beats Macaroni. Macaroni's yeah. out, I mean, then, that's, you say, if there are three. So you've already decided. Well, I mean, I would think so, right? I mean, you've got... I mean, let's just look at it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not properly seeing something as a strike, but I think the name Caracatus, whatever the hell that means, beats macaroni, right? I think you've got a horse, a regular sized animal capable of carrying a, a human being up against a Shetland pony, a an animal sized such that it will not adequately carry a human being, at least an adult male. And then that substandard sized equine has been gelded my friend i mean it's missing you know if you're going to call balls and strikes you, you you can't call any balls there if you know what i'm saying all right well i think i'm with you on this one i don't think we have much um i, I think macaroni gave it a go i think you and i are both saying that the winner of this race would be caracatus Correctitus. Correctitus. Okay. Very good. So next week we start going into round two. Some would call it the final four. Others wouldn't, but a lot more uh, runway here with this very exciting presidential poll position. Next, Brad, is verse of the day. It's where you go into the good book or some book and Mm -hmm. you uh, regale us with some information about a verse that's pertinent to, pertinent to what we're doing in our business, what you may be doing in your business, or uh, what you may be encountering in everyday life. Right. So all we're trying to do here, I mean, obviously, we're not doing a, a religious or even a philosophical podcast. It's a business podcast, but one should look for wisdom where it is available. And certainly many would argue that wisdom is readily available. Uh, in the scriptures. And so this week we find ourselves in the book of Luke and in the 14th chapter of said book, starting in verse seven, so that to set the table here, uh, no pun intended, Jesus is a a meal guest of a Pharisee, uh, which was a member of sort of a political influence party in uh, first century Judaism there in Palestine. So Jesus is, is breaking bread in the house of this Pharisee along with others. And beginning in verse seven, you find Jesus noticing how the guests chose the places of honor. And he then told them this parable. When you are invited to a wedding banquet, do not sit in the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited. Then the host who invited both of you will come and tell you, give this man your seat. And in humiliation, you will have to take the last place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the last place so that your host will come and tell you, friend, move up to a better place and you will be honored in front of everyone else at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled 
and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So there you go, a little parable told by Jesus. And the last line really sums it up for us here in the business world. Anyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So a little humility, a little ability to control your own ego, a little ability to take the backseat at times uh, will likely result in people recognizing that you are more capable and more competent than you have given yourself credit for. Those are words to words to live by. It's good to be a little humble uh, sometimes. And at the end of the day, we're all going to be judged and the bottom rail is often on top. And unfortunately, we're no longer uh, affiliated in any way with the Church of uh, Latter-day Saints um, and the Scientology stuff. Uh, just wanted to say that to make it clear. And clear we have made it, my friend. So, Brad, next is the exciting week in innovation. And this is where you and I talk about great technological leaps that were made in the past that are stepping stones that are allowing you and I to connect tens of thousands of miles apart on this podcast. Uh, so, Brad, we have several things to go through this week, first of all. And I'm going to do these um in order of importance uh, as we've uh, ranked them by use of some of the technology available to us in terms of the most important mm -hmm. inventions. 1963 in March, uh, this very month, the first hula hoop was invented. Uh, 1954 um, in, uh, in this time of the year in March, uh, the first color televisions went on sale. I, I mean, I remember the old color TV in my grandfather's house. It was a work of art and a piece of furniture all in one. And you could not move that with a crane. I mean, you just couldn't no, do no, it. No, no, yeah. You have, to, you have to get the TV in there and build the house around it. That's what has to happen. Yeah, but those were – and then you, you turn the antenna and you, you see the thing moving slowly. Yeah. Um, but they had good TV game back in the in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, and that, was, was, that was my job in my grandfather's house, Grandpa Zeke would be to get my, you know, lazy, good for nothing, butt off the couch and walk up and change the channel. Cause I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, the only remote in the house was me. It was you. So it was my job to change the channel and then as necessary, adjust the antenna. Yep. Me too. Me Worked too. out well get... for my grandfather. I think if, there, I think I if my grandpa were around today, the first thing he would say to me is why the hell did the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts? Yeah. And you would have no answer for him because there, there is no answer. There is done. They're, they're yeah. just awful. It's going to make me cry. We're going to move on. Uh, and then finally, Brad, um, March 1st, 1966, uh, important uh, uh, turn of the innovation wheel. The first spacecraft to land on another planet landed on March 1st, 1966. Can you name the spacecraft? No, I can name the planet. That, that would be the moon. It's really not a planet. It's just another. There'd be, so it'd be incorrect. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. What if, what if I told you Venus? You can't land on Venus. Well, I'll tell you this, my friend. You can, you can look this up. And those of you at home with your, um, uh, your, your thumbs on your old BlackBerry, look up Verna 3, a Soviet craft that crashed into the right side of Venus, landing on it and getting the award as the first uh, craft, spacecraft to land on another planet. I guess their definition of land includes the word crash or smash. 
Well, I mean, if you if you are going to accept crash as landing, then I uh, it's Verna three with you. It's Verna yeah, three. Verna three. Let's see, Brad. Uh, next, we've got Time Machine, uh, and I think Time Machine is going to be a pretty straightforward one this week. Uh, we're going to put you into the capsule, Alfresco, mm. four pack of Zima, send mm-hmm. you back to Albany uh, a year ago, March. Uh, do you beat Governor Cuomo senseless before he can sign the executive order putting COVID positive seniors into senior homes? Uh, or do you wait till after he signs the order and beat him senseless and uh, then rip it up? Or is this a trick question? Well, you know, there's always the possibility in time travel that it could be a trick question, right? I mean, you're never really sure what you're going to get until you get there. I mean, so for all I know, you know, he was doing inappropriate things with the sausage at the same time as as trying to sign this order. And if that's the case, then, you know, I've got other issues to deal with. But assuming he's just in his office, order in front of him, not sexually harassing anyone at the time, you take that unsigned document off his desk, you tear it up, you shred it, you burn it, you make sure that never comes uh, out uh, to see daylight again. I leave a Zima on the admin's desk on my way out of the governor's office because the admin is clearly going to need it. Um, anyway, that's there. that's that was a softball. Yeah, that was a softball. I appreciate the that. home game. Yeah, I appreciate it. But it's OK because we're about to debut a new segment. Oh, my gosh. All right. An exciting new segment to wrap up the show, the program. Uh, this segment is called Senior Moment. <laughs> okay. This is where you and I reflect on a phrase that mm-hmm. if we hear it, wouldn't mm-hmm. phase us at all. Mm-hmm. But if you recite it to a younger person, like a millennial, uh, they'll look at you like you're out of your fucking mind. Okay. All right. I like it. Okay. Yep. So I and there are a lot. Brad, that we can go yep. through. And I'm sure if you um, come up with some over the over the weeks, we'll we'll continue to roll this out. But things like a place to hang your hat, mm-hmm. bet your bottom dollar, penny for mm-hmm. your thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, smoke them if you got them. Is it, is it we'll go through these and a lot more. But uh, this week, uh, the phrase is beat a dead horse, ah. beat a dead horse. Yes. So I've actually used that in a conversation as recently as today. Um, but I suspect as the person who I was talking to um, uh, events by their reaction, um, most people would look at you uh, funny. If you said, this is like beating a dead horse. Yeah. Again, I think your, your point is well taken. I think there's, there's a, an age line drawn somewhere uh, between the age that they, that we are and certainly, you know, millennial, types where if you were to use that expression, one, they, they wouldn't know why and they wouldn't know the context in which you used it. But two, you would then be accused of animal cruelty and quite possibly locked up with Dr. Zeus, which yeah. is not a, a place you want to be. So you, you want to be careful. Sometimes you want to, you know, perhaps put an asterisk there or something to say, if you're not familiar with this phrase, you know, check with me first before you fly off the handle in millennial fashion and start accusing people of various and sundry, you know, wrongdoing. Yeah. And I, I have heard that phrase over and over again, never was offended by it. Actually, my grandfather, since we're talking about our grandfathers, um, 
on this episode as we often do. Mm-hmm. Um, he would look at me every once in a while and I'd say, where are you going? And he'd say, I'm going to see a man about, about a, horse. a horse. Absolutely. There's, there's another, another one. There's yeah. another one. And I, again, to this day, I don't know what the heck that meant. Uh, Cause as far as I know, uh, he didn't own a horse, but he might have, and it could have actually been Sarcarcus. Sarcarcus. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another excellent episode. We covered a lot of ground. I love the new segment. I'm looking forward to more of that in the future. And I'm appreciative, as always, of our listening audience, be that via the internet, the shortwave radio, whatever the case may be, our studio audience, of course, appreciate their effort. And we look forward to seeing everybody back again next week here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.